Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the To The Point podcast. Hope you all had a great weekend. I know I did with some great college football action on Saturday and uh, my great conversation with Adam Beers. If you haven't heard that, please check that out on all our social media platforms and on Apple Podcasts. And of course, uh, the start of week 13 in the NFL yesterday, we saw some great games, um, some great performances and a couple possible uh, close upsets. But I want to start today talking about the game me and Adam really talked about the most or two teams that we focus on, and that's the Cleveland Browns and the Tennessee Titans. Yesterday, we saw the Browns beat the Titans uh, 45-38. It was a, a great game. Uh, well, it wasn't really a great game. That's Freudian slip there. But uh, it, was a, it was a game where we saw Cleveland jump out to an early lead and really something that me and Adam didn't predict. But I did tell him that the Cleveland Browns are better than people give them credit for. So I'll, I'll pat myself on the back a little bit. But the Browns had a great day. Baker Mayfield had four touchdown passes in the first half, which is the first time uh, Brown's quarterback has done that since 1951 when Otto Graham did it. Um, he, he played great four touchdown passes to four different, uh, four different receivers, which is way more impressive in my opinion. He also had a, a touchdown to an old lineman, which I love to see. Uh, Kalen lamb made a one yard touchdown catch. I like the big man balling or big man touchdowns. I love to see that, but, the bigger point of the game to me was that Cleveland had a, a big win on the resume. You know, they had beaten the Colts. That's a, that's a good win to put on your resume, but to beat the Titans is really something that puts them on the map. Uh, they have two games. Uh, they have four games left, but two games on their schedule against division opponents with Baltimore and uh, Pittsburgh. Those are big games too, as a kind of to see where they stand, but this game proved something to me. It proved that they can win without having a great rushing attack. And it also proved that Baker Mayfield is not just a game manager. I think that he can be a game manager and they can win and then go to the playoffs and do some damage. But he proved some doubters wrong yesterday. Um, a lot of people don't like Baker Mayfield. And I think there's one specific reason for it. It's because he has that Johnny Manziel effect where He's braggadocious. He's very confident. He's in a lot of uh, TV commercials, which people seem to have a problem with, uh, you know, a guy making money. But he, he backed it up yesterday, um, and he looked great. Uh, he threw a pass to Donovan Peoples-Jones for a 72-yard touchdown. Jarvis Landry, I mentioned the big man, ball-in touchdown. But he just looked precise. He didn't look worried. Um, his old, he has a great old line, so they protect him very well. Um, so do the Titans on the other side of the ball. But he, the Cleveland Browns are a very good football team. They have a good defense, not great, but good. They, so to look at the game, it started off opening drive. Uh, they got a Cody Parkey kicked a 36 yard field goal, three, three, nothing. Then their next possession, they stopped Tennessee on a three and out next possession. They should have had a, a touchdown, but Donovan Peoples-Jones dropped a touch. It was in his hands, dropped the ball. It was, it was tough for him. But then the game started to switch. Uh, we saw Cleveland starting to get touchdowns. We saw we, uh, they went their next drive after the field goal. They got a, a touchdown uh, to Jarvis Landry. And then the next play, Derrick Henry fumbles the football. It's his first fumble in over 300 rushing attempts. So it was last year against Indy 
So it was over, almost a, uh, over a calendar year since his last fumble. But they turned that into uh, Sheldon Richardson got the ball out, and they turned that into seven. So it was 17 nothing at this point. But after that, we saw Tennessee strike back quick. They got a touchdown. Their next drive, Ryan Tannehill was throwing the – it wasn't a Derrick Henry drive. It was uh, Ryan Tannehill threw a 40-yard pass to A.J. Brown. He found Corey Davis, who made a great catch in the uh, back of the end zone. But after that, it the Cleveland Browns didn't get worried. They never left their foot off the gas at that point. Their next play, they got a touchdown to Donovan Peoples-Jones, who uh, was a player that they drafted in the late rounds out of Michigan, who was a great special teams player. But he uh, was the only receiver on the field. He was out right in the, in the right hash, and he blew by the, uh, the corner and right to the end zone. So 24-7, eventually it's 31-7, and then 38-7 at the half. So it looks like a complete blowout. And Cleveland was just rolling. They had they didn't really have to rely on their run game in the first half. They had a Baker Mayfield through for 296 yards, four touchdowns, 20 for 25. He had pretty close to a perfect half. He didn't make any bad decisions with the ball. He uh, ran for a first down. He doesn't really like to do that, but he scrambled. He got a first down. He had, I think he'll be the AFC player of the week, just based on that first half, but he played great. Tennessee rallied in the second half. Tannehill, um, he played pretty well. He found he threw another two touchdown passes. He had one in the first half, like I mentioned. Threw another one to Michael Pruitt and uh, another one to Ferks or the other tight end. So, they, they made it close at the end. They scored with 30 seconds left. But a lot of that is um, teams when in the NFL, when you have a big lead, it's like in hockey, you, you will occasionally give up a couple goals when it's 6-1 it becomes 6-3. And it makes it look like a closer game when really it isn't. That was this game. Tennessee scored with uh, 28 seconds left. And, you know, the odds of getting an onside kick are slim to none. So Cleveland won this game pretty handedly. Um, and they should feel really encouraged. They are nine and three. They're the fourth seed in the AFC. So, uh, sorry, the fifth seed in the AFC. They're behind uh, Pittsburgh in the, in the division by three games. So it's unlikely that they'll win the division, but they'll be the uh, the top wildcard team. So they'll they'll get a favorable matchup in the in the postseason. If it started today, um, they they would be playing the Titans again. So that would that would be interesting. But, um, yeah, they look like a good football team. And Tennessee, uh, they struggled because their defense just doesn't bring enough to the table. Um, they got news before the game that Jadavion Clowney, a former first overall pick who's really been a bust, he's uh, out for the season with an ankle injury. He was originally drafted by Houston first overall, and he looked like he was going to be a dominant player of the league. But just inconsistencies and injuries – have really ruined his career and he might be done in the league, but they, they don't generate consistent pass rush and they make a lot of mistakes on the back end of their defense. Um, they need to tighten that up. I think they can score with the best of teams. They have AJ Brown. You know, they still have Derrick Henry who only ran for 60 yards yesterday because they were just so far behind. And when you get that far behind, you can't run the ball because it just chews clock faster. Um, but AJ Brown is emerging as a top, five top 10 receiver in the NFL. Corey Davis has really stepped up. Um, they were w- without their starting tight end yesterday, Johnny Smith, who's right up there with, with a uh, great tight ends. So 
they have the pieces, but being that, you know, coming into week 14 for them, it's going to be difficult for them to uh, get better because they can't upgrade their team. They're stuck with who they have. And I don't know, yesterday just worried, worried me because they lost, they were down 38, seven at the half at home, you know, to Cleveland, who I think is a real good team, but you know, on paper, Tennessee should have won that game. You know, every major uh, analyst had Tennessee winning that game, but kudos to Cleveland. They have Baltimore uh, a week from today on Monday night football, which should be an interesting contest. Baltimore has been struggling. They're six and five. They play tomorrow night against the Cowboys. So they'll be on a short week. Um, but I, I think, I think that they'll be, they'll beat Baltimore on a week from today. They'll beat them. Um, they'll finish second in division just because Pittsburgh is a three game lead and they need Pittsburgh to really fall on their flight uh, face here, which I don't see them doing, but if they could play Tennessee or Indianapolis, the winner of the AC South will likely finish last uh, or fourth, like to be the fourth best uh, division. So if they can keep that fifth seed, they keep it from Indy and, and Miami right now. They'll be, they'll be in good shape. Um, they're, they're just really, really a, a deep team. I, I like their team. They'd be, I think they'd be more of a threat if they still had Odell Beckham Jr. Um, but if Baker Mayfield can play that consistently, they can go toe to toe with, with anybody, in my opinion, um, at least win a playoff game. You know, if they play Tennessee again, maybe Tennessee makes some adjustments. I think that'd be a good rematch, but you know, they've beaten them once. Why can't they beat them again? Um, so if they play them, well, they've beaten Tennessee or Indy. So the winner of that division, they will already have a win against. So uh, if everything stays the same, they'll go into the playoffs feeling good about themselves uh, and confident that they'll beat whoever they play because they've already done it. So just kudos to the Cleveland Browns. They've been a doormat of the NFL for so long. And um, it's good to see them have some stability. You know, they have their uh, winning season for the first time in a long time. Um, and they're, they just look like a good team. They're, they should be worried, like teams should be worried about facing them. Um, so for Tennessee, like I said, they have a tough road ahead. Um, they didn't catch a break as they're now eight and four tied with Indianapolis, uh, who beat Houston yesterday, 26, 20. Um, but they have the head to head win. So they're still first in the AFC South, but it, it doesn't get easier. They, they have a tough schedule down the stretch and uh, Indy is an easier schedule, but I don't trust Indy to win big games, but uh, a big one this coming weekend will be Indianapolis against the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, they, they're both fighting for playoff position. The Raiders right now are seven and five on the outside looking in. And if they lose that game, they might be out of it for the rest of the year. So that's, to a, a must win really for both teams. But um, just to touch on the Raiders yesterday, uh, they were looking great. They were really a dark horse to win the Super Bowl. I mean, they're the, they're the only team still to this year to beat the Kansas City Chiefs, but they stink it up against the Atlanta Falcons. They turn the ball over five times. They lose 43 to six. Really a game you got to win. Uh, the Falcons are four and eight. They're they've underperformed and I think they're better than the record says, but still you, you got to come up with a better effort than that. Um, so 
you think, okay, we just had a stinker. We got the Jets. Whew, we can breathe a little bit. You know, we got the Jets. They stink. Uh, well, they, they do stink still. But, uh, you know, we'll just go in there. We'll beat their ass. We'll beat them down. And we'll grab a beer and head home. Yesterday, it was the farthest thing from an easy win. The Jets were leading for the majority of the game. And the Jets were looking like they were going to win their first game of the season. They're 0-11 coming in. And they Vegas has one play left, five seconds on the clock. And Greg Williams, defensive coordinator for the Jets, he's well-known guy because he used to be the defensive coordinator of the New Orleans Saints. He was defensive coordinator when they won the Super Bowl in 09. And in the NFC Championship game, he was later suspended for a season because <laughs> he put a bounty out on Brett Favre. He told his defensive players basically to hit Favre every time they could. They'd get extra money for doing it and to hurt him. He basically told his players to go out there and hurt Brett Favre. Hit him late. You might get flagged, but that's okay. Like We want him at the end of the game so that he can't do what he can do. And you can't, you can't specifically tell your players to injure another player. So of course he's got a, he's got a checkered history to say the least. So last play of the game. And this is like a 46 yarder. So it's going to be a hail Mary of sorts. It's basically a hail Mary, but in these plays, it's, it's pretty obvious. You drop people back into coverage. You don't blitz. You don't send uh safeties or linebackers on these plays because you want to have as many people back there as possible playing prevent defense so that if a ball is thrown up you have more players to knock it down or to cover them it's just it's football one-on-one but greg williams being the defensive coordinator genius that he is decides to blitz on this play and it it doesn't work uh the blitz gets picked up they mark it off and Derek Carr throws a 46 yard touchdown to Henry Ruggs, the third for the game winning touchdown. It, it sealed the win for the Raiders. They had to have been thankful to get out of the Meadowlands with a victory, but this just is so New York jets. Um, I, it's a big cliche in sports that when teams are bad, you know, they're tanking, they're, you know, trying to lose. I don't believe that for a second. Um, Greg Williams knows he's probably going to lose his job this this offseason regardless. So why not try why, why would you want to be a part of an 0-16 team? Like, uh, I remember the Toronto Maple Leafs when they were god-awful, when they got Austin Matthews first overall, it was known as the dignified tank because they were, you know, trading players whenever they were playing well and it was an ongoing joke. But there's still pride in the locker room. The Jets yesterday, Sam Darnold, you can't tell me he didn't want to win. He played well. He played great. Um, but – you know, those Jets players, Marcus May after the game basically called out Greg Williams for the stupid play call. So these players have pride. They want to win desperately. And it, it was just, it was hard to see. It was so hard to see for the Jets because it, and for the franchise, it's better that they get the first overall pick, that they lose the game so that they have the best odds to, you know, if they, if they don't win a game, they'll get Trevor Lawrence because it's not like the NHL and the NBA. There's no draft lottery. So if you finish last, you get the first overall pick. And Trevor Lawrence out of Clemson is the presumptive first overall pick. But it's just so disheartening to see a bad franchise just continue to do bad things. And seeing plays like that, it would, if I was Trevor Lawrence, I don't want to go to the Jets. 
I don't have any interest in going there. They're a dysfunctional mess of an organization. They, I know they'll fire their coaches and do a lot of stuff before he's drafted, but I don't trust the owners to do the right thing in hiring a good coach. Um, you know, if they hired Eric Bieniemy, who I mentioned Saturday, who he might not be the, the brand name, but as a football mind, as an offensive guru, there's not going to be a better hire available this offseason. So if they, if they, they got him and to run their program, maybe if I'm Trevor Lawrence, I'm like, okay, he's had Patrick Mahomes. He's done good things. He knows what he's doing, but the jets are just a mess. And my word, my advice to, to Trevor is just steer clear. Do what you have to do to not go to the jets. You know, if you have to do a, an Eli Manning or a, a John Elway, well, maybe you do it. Or the Jets draft you and you say, well, I'm not coming. And you call their bluff. But, you know, a player should not just be drafted and then exiled to a really bad situation and their career goes to shit because that's just where the chips fall. You have to have some kind of license on your career, on your life. I mean, if you're playing quarterback, if you're playing any position – and you get drafted and you know you're just going to get your head beat in and you're going to have no career, well, why not try to find a better landing spot for you? You know, Tua went to Miami at fifth overall, and they look like they're improving. They're eight and four. They might make the playoffs. That's a way better situation. You know, Joe Burrow went first to Cincinnati. He accepted that because he's from Cincinnati. But look, he tears his ACL, MCL, and LCL because they didn't have an offensive line to protect them. These teams, they're not smart in protecting their asset. If you get a first overall pick and you got a quarterback on cheap money, protect him. Try to win now before you have to pay him big money. At least improve. It's uh, it's just astounding to me that these teams, you know, bring their prize asset out. They finally get a first overall pick. These bad organizations and they just send them to the wolves. They make them throw 50 times a game. If you throw 50 times a game, guess what? Your, your ass is going to get hit and more than likely going to get hurt. Because even the toughest, biggest quarterbacks, Ben Roethlisberger has gotten hurt tons over his career. And he's, he's, a, he's a mammoth of a man. So he don't just do what you can, but it's not the right. It's not right. What just Trevor Lawrence. Don't go to the Jets. So pivoting from the Jets to a, a good organization, we saw the New Orleans Saints yesterday win win a big game over a division rival Atlanta Falcons. It was Taysom Hill's third start. He's he's been uh, he was okay his first two starts. He got the wins. He ran for four touchdowns in those games, but he hasn't really shown himself to be a great pocket passer. You know, a stereotypical quarterback. Yesterday, he looked damn impressive to me. He threw for 236 yards, two touchdowns. He did fumble in the fourth quarter, but he was solid. He made some tough third down throws um, and he looked confident. You know, he's showing himself to be a quarterback that can play in the league. He, it's good to have Michael Thomas, probably the most sure-handed wide receiver in the NFL, but he, he's great. 
he he's a, he's a good player. Uh, he's a lot of fun to watch because you know you don't know if he's going to throw, if he's going to run a quarterback power. He also ran for over eighty yards yesterday, so he threw for two thirty six, ran for eighty three on fourteen carries. So he's just a different kind of quarterback, way different than you know Drew Brees, who's slower than a than a snail, but he he's fun to watch. The Atlanta Falcons continued to be the biggest disappointment. I said that Saturday and I picked them to win the game. I thought they almost did. They can't, they had the ball late in the game, but uh, they couldn't pull it out. The saints defense has been great this year and they continue to be. So the saints are now 10 and two. They're first in the NFC. Um, Drew Brees is eligible to come off uh, injured reserve this Sunday. So week 14 against the Philadelphia Eagles. However, if I'm the New Orleans Saints, I don't take him off IR and I start Taysom Hill next week. Now, I would bring Drew Brees back the following week or whenever he's 100%, 100%. Like, if he can get an extra week, he's 41. Give him an extra week of rest. Taysom Hill, Taysom Hill will beat the Eagles. If he doesn't, then you have bigger problems. Um, but give him an extra week of rest. Bring him back in for the final three games of the season. You get him those reps for the playoffs. You hopefully get a bye week. But... Um, you can, you can get a break. You can do what you can do. But, um, yeah, I, I would start Taysom Hill because he's going to win that game. He gets some more experience. You can – you know, I think this is Drew Brees last year in the NFL. So, if Taysom Hill is your guy next year, this gives him more experience. You know, you get more looks at him. And uh, it's just a good – it's a good idea, I think, on all fronts. And I think the team likes Taysom Hill. And, but obviously they love Drew Brees, but Taysom Hill is a popular guy in the locker room. So make him go 4-0 and um, hold Drew off until you really need him. And that'll be the playoffs. I don't trust Taysom Hill can win a shootout in the playoffs, but I've seen him play Atlanta twice and Denver. So he hasn't played the best teams. Atlanta and Denver are both 4-8. and eight. So he hasn't played a really tough opponent yet, but um, – He's won the games he's had to win. You can only play who's on your schedule. And he's beaten two division. He's beaten Atlanta twice, which is a division game. And to win on the road in Atlanta is an impressive win. So good on good on Taysom Hill. Last night, we also, Sunday Night Football, we saw the Kansas City Chiefs improve to 11-1. Wasn't the prettiest of games. Uh, Denver really came up with a good uh, game plan defensively. They limited Patrick Mahomes. They stopped him in the red zone four different times from scoring, keeping them to field goals. Um, and this is just another example of what I was talking about. I don't think the Chiefs are a lock to win the Super Bowl. I think they're the favorite, but not a heavy favorite. Um, he, they're, they're a good team, but defenses in their division, like Denver and Vegas have played them the hardest, which they're a division, division team. So I'll give it some credence that you play them twice. You can game plan. You can figure out tendencies to make you better the next time you play that opponent. But Denver is four and eight. They're not a great team. They don't have a very good offense and they played, they played them well. If uh, Denver had a better quarterback, they didn't have drew lock. Denver probably wins last night because the chiefs got some pass interference calls. they went their way. Some whole, I, the chiefs really have become the Patriots when it comes to the referees. They get a lot of calls to go their way, I, I, in, in my opinion. Um, and they benefit from being, you know, the hottest team in the NFL, the defending champs. I think 
they get that respect from the officials, which they won. So good for them, but they can definitely be had. Um, and this game, this game, the only thing it might do is help Aaron Rodgers uh, MVP uh, chase. He, him and Patrick Mahomes really have been one, two in the race. He has 36 touchdown passes now, 30, yeah, three through three yesterday. They beat the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, I'll touch on the Eagles in just a second, but Aaron Rodgers has 36 touchdown passes. Mahomes has 31. Um, obviously, the Chiefs have a better record, 11 and one, and the Packers are nine and three. But they both look great, but it might have helped Aaron Rodgers. I still think Patrick Mahomes is the MVP, but Aaron Rodgers is playing fantastic. He's got 36 touchdowns, four interceptions. He's he's looked like the old Aaron Rodgers. Last year, I kind of felt he regressed a little bit, but they, dra- they drafted a quarterback in the first round, and I think that pissed him off and it fueled him. So if, if that helped him from the organization – well, that's good. I think it's still a really stupid decision to draft uh, Jordan Love out of Utah when they have Aaron Rodgers, but other than drafting a receiver to help them, but they're second in the NFC. They're they're a strong team. I Again, I don't trust them as far as I can throw them. Their defense leaves something to be desired, but they got the win yesterday, and you know Aaron Rodgers turned 37 this week. He had a good week, turned 37. He threw his 400th career touchdown pass. He's the fastest to that mark at 193 games. Uh, you know, it's faster than Dan Marino, anybody, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, you name it. So that's pretty impressive. And um, he might win the MVP at age 37. So good on him. But the, their opponent in that game was Philadelphia Eagles. And it was uh, halftime, it was 20 to three. And it really just felt like a nothing game. The Philly was generating nothing offensively. Carson Wentz, their offensive line was still struggling. Carson Wentz wasn't playing well. And at the end of the third quarter, they finally made the switch to Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts, the rookie at Oklahoma, he's was elected. He was nominated for the Heisman Trophy last year. He started his career out at Alabama and he transferred uh, after he was replaced at quarterback. But Drafted in the second round, surprising choice by Philly just because they had signed Carson Wentz to a five-year, over $100 million extension. So to draft a quarterback that high is really rare, and it was kind of alarming. But after having the seeing the year Carson Wentz has been having, it it does make some sense. He's I, – I don't think it's 100% his fault. Of course, some of it is, but his offensive line has just been decimated. His receiving core is no good. You know, he finally got Zach Ertz back yesterday, but he didn't look the same. Um, it was tough. And he was very – he was good about it. On the sideline, he was cheering cheering for Jalen. So I give him a ton of credit for being a good teammate and just kind of taking it on the chin. But uh, Jalen came in. They threw a touchdown pass. Then they got a, a punt return for a touchdown. So it kind of made it interesting. But Aaron Jones thing on the next possession ran for a 77 yard touchdown with about 2:45 left in the game, and that iced it. And they won 30 to 16. So the Eagles are now uh, three seven and one. Uh, they're they're in tough. I'm sorry, three eight and one. They're in tough. Uh, they I don't know what they're gonna do. They made the switch in the third quarter. They have Carson Wentz under contract 
if you plan on moving forward with him, I don't know how you start Jalen Hurts and plan on coming back with him the following year. I think Doug Peterson will be fired after this season. Maybe Howie Roseman, the GM as well. They won a Super Bowl a few years back, but that only gives you so much grace period. And it just seems like Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz don't enjoy each other. So if you if Jeffrey Lurie, the owner, wants to move forward Carson Wentz, which is the easier thing than cutting him and you have dead money on your cap and it's tough because your, your salary, the salary cap is going to go down for the NFL just because of COVID and everything. So I would want to go for, I would want to try with Carson Wentz with a different head coach who might want to run the ball a little more, at least try um, and give his quarterback, you know, an offensive line that could protect him a little bit, but the Philadelphia Eagles are in a, a difficult spot now because they still could win their division. They're two games back after the Giants pulled off an upset yesterday over the Seattle Seahawks. But they, they're in a difficult decision here. They can go with Jalen Hurts, see what they got with the rookie, kind of plan for the future. But Carson Wentz is only 26. He's not like he's ancient. He does look different since he tore his ACL in 2017. He looks more timid. He used to play with a reckless abandon, and he, he doesn't do that anymore. So I think he's a little more tentative since his, since his knee blew out, which, you know, can be, that's fair, but I assume they will go back. They will go with Jalen Hurts this weekend against New Orleans, but I don't necessarily think it's the right decision, but Doug Peterson probably thinks he's coaching for his job, which I think he will be. And maybe he thinks Jalen Hurts gives him the best chance to win just a different different player on the field, different game plan, different offense. So Philly's in a tough spot, but the big upset of the biggest upset of the weekend was by far the giants beating the Seahawks. It was the first time an NFC East teams that's Dallas, uh, Washington, Philly, or, or the giants. They beat a team with a winning record. First time this season that one of those four teams have beaten a team with a winning record. They beat the Seahawks yesterday in Seattle uh, 1712. They, with Colt McCoy, I might add a backup quarterback, Daniel Jones is up with a hamstring injury. He only threw for 112 yards, but Wayne Gallman, uh, ran for 123 Alfred Morris, uh, their backup backup running back ran for a touchdown and had a receiving touchdown in the game. And it was just a weird game. We had like a safety and it was five, five, nothing at one point. And it was just a strange Seattle couldn't generate anything. DK Metcalf had a lot of receiving yards, but they couldn't punch the ball in the end zone. And to, to their credit, the New York Giants defense has been pretty good all season. Uh, Joe judge, first year head coach. He know I think he knows he doesn't have the most uh, talented team, but they play hard every week. Leonard Williams, you know, a player that the Jets gave up on, who they drafted third overall, has been having a pretty good season. He had two and a half sacks yesterday. The Giants defense had five in total. So they're playing with confidence. They've won three in a row. And they're in the drive, they're in the proverbial catbird seat to win the NFC East. Uh the, the Cowboy, they have two NFC East teams still at the play here in week 13. The Washington football team will play the Steelers this evening at six on Fox. And then the Dallas Cowboys will play the Thursday night football on Tuesday. That was canceled last week uh, against Baltimore. So 
I like the Giants to win that division just because they have that two-game cushion. Or they have a game cushion, sorry, over Washington. But they also have the tiebreaker over Washington because they've beaten them twice. So they, the Washington football team at this point would have to get the six wins. You know, if, if the Giants don't win another game, they get five. Washington would have to win two more games, get to six to make the playoffs. So the Giants are in good shape and in that division because the Cowboys haven't shown – anything to make me believe that they're going to win the division or I think they'll play a close game with Baltimore. I don't know if they'll win it, but it, it'll be interesting here down the stretch, the NFC East, you know, a team with a losing record. If you win your division, you're guaranteed to host a playoff game. So we know that the, 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 uh, the team in the NFC East will host a playoff game, maybe against Tampa Bay or, you know, one of those teams, but one of those teams is going to make the playoffs and uh, host the playoff game. So that's just a crazy thing about the NFL. Um, so that was, that was that crazy game. Philly, we mentioned. Um, just a, another game that was I thought would be closer, but I the Pats the Pats blew up the Chargers forty five to nothing on the road. Cam Newton only threw for 89 yards. He hardly played. He didn't have to play the fourth quarter. Uh, Jared Stidham came in and played some mop-up duty. But um, just a couple of things on this game. Um, I'm surprised. I made a couple of texts to friends that I thought Anthony Lynn, the head coach of the Chargers, would be fired by the time I recorded this. I'm surprised he hasn't. Um, he'll be fired at the end of the year. They're 3-9. and nine. They've been involved in a lot of close games, but you got to win those close games, and he just hasn't. So I'm just shocked he hasn't. You can't lose 45 nothing at home. I mean, it's one thing if you have Tom Brady, but Cam Newton threw for 89 yards, and they lost 45 to nothing. If I said that, uh, oh, yeah, we, we played a game, and, uh, yeah, the other team's quarterback threw for 89 yards. I guarantee you, you ask anybody on the street, they think, uh, okay, yeah, you won the game, right? No, uh, no, sorry, Jim, we lost 45 nothing. Um, it was just Justin Herbert's worst game as a pro. He looked at, he looked like he did at Oregon yesterday. I watched a, I watched a lot of college football, and when he was dra- drafted that high, I was like, whoa, what's he doing that high? But he's looked great this year. You know, every quarterback can have a mulligan. That was definitely it yesterday, but. The Patriots, to their credit, are six and six. They're right in the playoff hunt. Um, they have great special teams. Devin McCourty uh, blocked a field goal, returned it for a touchdown. Uh, Gunnar Osheski had a receiving touchdown and a uh, punt return touchdown yesterday. Cam Newton ran for two touchdowns. He's got 11 rushing touchdowns on the season. So they're doing a lot of good things. They play you know, well positionally, they kind of remind me of their division rival, the Miami Dolphins. They don't have great quarterback play. I think they have mediocre quarterback play, but their, uh, their defense is good and their special teams are great. You know, they, Miami and New England are one and two in the NFL in special teams. So they're back in the hunt. They're 500 and with their weapons and who they have, it's, it was surprising people. I, I'm not surprised it's New England Patriots. They have Bill Belichick. He's the genius. And he covers up for a lot of liabilities and their offense has a lot of holes in it, but to his credit, he's, he's done a great job. So kudos New England, they're six and six. Um, and they look like they're, they could make a run. They have to win some games here. They got 
they got the Jets. They got uh, my uh, Miami in Week 15 will be the biggest game for Miami and them respectively, just to see if they can make the playoffs, finish second in the division behind the Bills. Um, but yeah, uh, New England. They're not the funnest team to watch, but they never have been. So if you go into a New England game expecting it to be really fun, you know, when Tom Brady was there, they weren't, if anybody says the New England Patriots are the funnest team to watch, well, they're not watching very good football. They're not watching anything fun, anything anywhere else, because Tom Brady dinking and dunking to Rex Burkhead, it's effective, but it's definitely not, you know, the funnest thing to watch on television, but good for them. Um, just to give you guys an update, just an outlook on the playoff pitcher. So right now in the AFC, the leader is the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're 11-0. They play today, like I mentioned. So they, I think they'll go 12-0. They'll beat the Washington football team tonight. Then we have the Kansas City Chiefs at 11-1. They got four games left. They got a tough one against New Orleans. They got Miami on Sunday. They got the Chargers and the Falcons. So they'll be favored in every game. I think they likely will win out, but you never know that new Orleans game could be tricky. They're at new Orleans in that game. So they look like they're in good shape. Then we have Buffalo. They play tonight against uh, they're in, they're playing San Francisco. The game's in Arizona because they're not allowing sports teams to play in um, the Bay area right now. So I presume, I think they'll win tonight. Uh, they'll improve to nine and three. So they're behind Kansas city and Pittsburgh, you know, by two and three games respectively. But they're they're a damn good team, and uh, I think they'll they have a game lead on Miami right now. And Miami has to play Kansas City, so that's a tough it's a tough one for them. But I think Buffalo will win that division and uh, make a run into the playoffs. And then the four seed is Tennessee. They're tied with Indy. It just depends on how the teams stack up. Indy plays uh, Vegas this weekend, like I mentioned, so that's a big game. Tennessee plays Jacksonville, so they get a a bit of a breather, but they've been playing some tough football too. So uh, that'll be a battle to the end. They don't play each other again, but losses and wins and how their schedule shake out will really determine that. The wild card positions, like I mentioned, this year the, the top seed in each conference gets a bye. The other three teams will play on wild card weekend. So it's an extra game on wild card weekend. So the wild card teams right now, the first one's Cleveland, they're nine and three. They're they look like they're in good shape. They're playing great football. I mentioned they have two division games left against uh, Baltimore and Pittsburgh, but I think they'll beat Baltimore. I wouldn't be surprised if they beat if they get Pittsburgh run for their money either. I think they'll finish you know, 12 and 4, 11 and 5, and they'll be in the playoffs. Next is Miami. Miami, Miami is uh, 8 and 4. They have Kansas City, New England, Buffalo. They have a tough schedule left. Um, they have a tough schedule left, and I don't know if they'll be good enough to make the playoffs. That game against New England in Week 15 will be imperative for them, um, but they need they need some luck. They need some help from you know losses from teams like Indy and Tennessee, and just consistent play on offense. We haven't seen that from a Tua-led Dolphins team yet. So I. I have my druthers about Miami. I think they're a good team, not a great team. So they need some help to make the playoffs, in my opinion. That game against Buffalo in the last week could be pivotal to them making the playoffs. And then the final place right now is Indy. So they're in it right now. Um, and 
On the outside looking in, we have Vegas at seven and five. They play Indy this week, so they beat Indy. They'll leapfrog them for the last spot in the uh, AFC playoffs. Then we have Baltimore at six and five, so we'll see how they do tonight. Uh, all right, sorry, uh, Tuesday against the Cowboys. They'll be favorited, but they're still missing a lot of players due to COVID. I know Mark Andrews, their starting tight end, has already been ruled out. Clayus Campbell's ruled out. Lamar Jackson should be back, but with limited practice time, you never know. Um, and then we have New England at six and six. So uh, this will really depend, I think, on Miami's the swing team because I think Indy will make the playoffs, but Miami, if they can win a couple, if they can beat New England in that game, I think they'll lose to Kansas City. If they can beat New England in that game, that'll be pivotal for them. They'll they have Atlanta, uh, they have uh, Kansas City, New England. Vegas, which would be another big game, and then Buffalo left. So they have a difficult schedule remaining. But if they can beat New England, they'll I think they'll probably make the playoffs. But then again, Baltimore is an easier schedule. So it'll be it's interesting down the stretch here. You know, the, the playoffs, I like the new system with only one team getting a bye. I don't I didn't understand why two teams got rewarded. You know, if you're a second place. Yeah, you get a silver medal, but you're also lost. You don't, you don't get, you know, it's a regular season. It's a grind in any sport. So you should get rewarded for being the best in the regular season. Um, the NFC, New Orleans, currently leading at 10-2. and two. Um, They only have a game lead over Green Bay, who's 9-3. and three. Uh, Followed by the Rams, who had a big win yesterday over division rival Arizona, which... I predicted so good on me. Um, they're eight and four. They, I don't trust them as far as I can throw them. Uh, they, uh, they leapfrog Seattle. They do play those teams play each other one more time. So that'll be a pivotal game, but the Rams actually play Thursday night against new England. So huge game for both teams, uh, a short week for both, but, uh, that'll be a big rematch of us, uh, the Super Bowl in 2018. Um, and then the four seed in the NFC is the five and seven New York Giants. Uh, they, they're in the NFC East, so they lead their conference. That means the four seed. Uh, so crazy. Um, and then the wildcard team's first team is Seattle at eight and four. They've been inconsistent all year. I don't trust them. I think they'll make the playoffs just because there aren't enough good teams in the NFC to leapfrog them. Uh, they, they play the Rams again, so they could still win the division, which I think they might, but I think the Rams uh, top to bottom are a better team than them, but Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, they have a much more explosive offense, and when you have a better quarterback, you always have a chance to win. That's followed by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who were on a bye week this week. They're 7-5. and five. Um, They have an easier schedule. They have Atlanta twice. They play Minnesota this weekend, which is actually a big game because Minnesota is now the, uh, the final seed in the NFC. Minnesota, I, I think they'll make the playoffs. They've been right there all year. They're 6-6. Six and six. They won in overtime yesterday against Jacksonville. Kirk Cousins is never a quarterback you want to put 100% of your faith in. But they got Justin Jefferson, a rookie wide receiver, is a stud. Adam Thielen, another stud. Delvin Cook. Like they have, if you look at their offense, you're like, why are they 6-6? Six and six? So, Kirk Cousins can find his game a bit. If they can beat Tampa Bay, that would, that would be big for them uh, moving forward. Outside looking in, we got Arizona at six and six. They've lost three in a row. 
since Kyler hurt his shoulder, he really hasn't looked like the same player. Uh, and their team has been uh, decimated with injuries. Their defense is out. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald has missed the last two weeks because of COVID. And he might not be what he used to be, but he's still missed. He's a leader. He's a reliable target. Um, and then also we have San Francisco at five and six. They met, they play tonight against Buffalo. So, you know, they've lost Jimmy Garoppolo, lost starting tight end George Kittle, but yet they still have a chance to make the playoffs. So if they can find a couple of good games here, pull off an upset tonight, they're right. They're in the race. Um, and then Chicago and Detroit, they played a game yesterday where Detroit scored two touchdowns in the final minute and 18 seconds. Uh, Detroit, We'll do this. They won't make the playoffs, but they'll do enough so that they get a really bad draft pick. And, uh, you know, just they'll be like the Toronto Maple Leafs for all those years. So they finish ninth in the Eastern Conference uh, or uh, in base in baseball. It was always the Seattle Mariners. They've been doing that for like seems like 15 years for Seattle. Other than their great year, where they won 108. They always finish like two games out of the race in the AFC wildcard, uh, in the AL wildcard. And it's, you know, they're all, you're just stuck in mediocrity. You're not good. You're not bad. You're just right in the middle. And that's, in my opinion, that's the worst place you can be because you're not getting better, but you're not getting worse. You're just stuck there. So that that's where the, the NFL's looking right now. Uh, it's, we got some games this week and we got four weeks left a uh, couple Saturday games next weekend. So a week from Saturday to Saturday games, there's going to be a game on Christmas. So the schedule flexes out a little bit um, as we make towards the home stretch of the season this week, we got lucky because there was no real COVID problems in the NFL, a few cases, but um, hopefully everything can stay copacetic and we can get to the finish line here into the playoffs because um Obviously, the world's been struggling with COVID. The states, it's bad. But, you know, I I just hope that the players realize that they're really close to being done here and sacrifice a little bit now so that they can hopefully have a reward down the line. Um, in other news, the, NFL, uh, the NHL still hasn't agreed uh, to play or not to play. There's a lot of rumors about a possible 56 or 52-game season. Um my prediction is it'll be a 48 game season, like any lockout season. Um, and there will be a Canadian division. So all seven Canadian teams will be in one division. Uh, you'll probably see Toronto play, you know, Montreal, Ottawa, like 10 times each, which uh, I don't love. Uh, I like to watch every team play each other, but you know, it's a different year. So I'll watch hockey if it's there. Um, um, so that's, that's the news there. Nothing official. When it does happen, I'll I'll be down here to break it down. Uh, we'll definitely have a preview show of the NHL season. I'm not worried about them not playing. They'll be playing, I think, by mid-January. So hopefully everything goes well there. Um, the NBA is uh, starting their preseason games this Friday, and their season starts on December 22nd with um, the Brooklyn Nets playing um against golden state and the clippers playing the lakers so that'll be uh kevin durant's first game back after almost after 18 months or yeah 18 plus months of being out of action so that'll be interesting uh five five uh game nba games that for christmas 
and uh, football, and then the World Juniors. Um, Canada heard that Lexi Lafreniere will not be going. The United States heard that Jack Hughes will not be allowed to go. But the, the tournament is still the best part of Christmas for me. So I'm really looking forward to it. We'll be covering it extensively here on To The Point, um, giving you breakdowns of the teams, players to watch, and uh, just it's a great tournament. It's a lot of fun to talk about, and it's it's really, as a country, it, it defines Christmas in Canada. So um, tomorrow night, uh, me and Seamus will be in our second episode of The Observers, breaking down uh, episodes three and four of the Fox show next. Uh, hopefully you can tune in to watch that with us. But um, this week I'll be doing a few podcasts about the, um, the episode, the uh, games Monday night and uh, the Tuesday nighter of football. Um, I'm going to try to do a UFC show later in the week about UFC 256 this weekend. So uh, keep your eyes out. There'll be lots of content coming your way. Um, hope you all had a great weekend. Have a great week and uh, we'll talk soon.